Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families living through childhood cancer. You'll hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will be there to encourage your family during your journey. So we are really blessed today to have Alan Bonhoff with us. Um, Alan is a professional counselor and he has lots of experience working with families. And he's gonna talk to us today about one of our biggest topics and that's parenting. Uh, Parenting is hard in the best circumstances and in a challenging time when your child has cancer and you potentially have siblings and you're trying to parent everybody. Let's just say we need all the help we can get in that situation. Alan, Chris and I are really, really grateful that you took some time out of your day to talk to us today about a topic that is really near and dear to our hearts and something that Lighthouse focuses on all the time, which is we're going to talk today a little bit about parenting and not just parenting in general, but parenting a very specific group that we love so much, the siblings. Um, It's just a topic that we hear all the time is a problem. I experienced it um, when you have a child on treatment and you have other children. This is a really, really hard journey for them as well. So... We're just really grateful that you're with us today to talk through some of the steps that we can take. Um, To start, can you just share with us just a little bit um, about you and your background and what you do? Okay, sure. Yeah, and and thank you for having me. I I agree this is a really critical topic, um, and I actually love talking about it. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor uh, in the state of Georgia, and I do most of my work uh, with Bethel Haven, which is a Christian nonprofit counseling organization in Watkinsville, Georgia, and uh, Watkinsville is, is a few miles from Athens, which is the home of the University of Georgia, so that helps people kind of understand if you've never heard of Watkinsville before. Um, I am a husband of 44 years. I have four grown children, seven grown children, children to, to date, and uh, yeah, I have one sort of unique thing about me, I guess, is that I have a kind of a unique career path. Um, my undergraduate degree was actually in electrical engineering, and I worked for many, many years in, in large corporations doing engineering and project management until I decided I wanted to do something else. So I went back to school, uh, I got my master's degree, and, um, and I've been practicing uh, in Watkinsville for a little over four years. Not only do you have the schooling, right, the education, but you sh- you certainly have the life experience as well from a marriage, parenting, grandparenting. Yeah, that's that's its own education uh, in itself. So I'm Absolutely. excited to learn from you. Yeah, I tell my clients, uh, and particularly my couples clients, that I made all the mistakes they could possibly ever make. So uh, I-, I can certainly relate to them. I love it. So you've done some research on this particular topic and what we're calling, say, parenting the other, the other being the siblings. Um, can you just give us a little bit about what this kind of means? Sure. Well, the way this came about for me is, uh, is, is Bethel Haven has a partnership um, with Extra Special People, ESP, which is also a nonprofit in Watkinsville, and um, that and ESP has programs and support for children and young adults um, with developmental disabilities. And so um, so we run into the same type of issue in, in these families because you have a special needs child uh, who demands uh, needs and demands a lot of attention and then uh, and sometimes more than one special needs child. And then, you know, you also have the more 
uh, typical non-special needs child in those families as well. And, um, and so it sets up that same dynamic of kind of the, the other child. And so, um, I've, I've been able to, I do a lot of work with, with the parents, um, uh, seminars with them, uh, you know, so I've been able to do, you know, to, to work with, uh, these, these parents a lot, uh, both in, in kind of this kind of a setting, but also just in actually counseling with parents. And so, um, this has become a, a really important topic for me to, to understand and, and, and work with my clients. That's awesome. I love the um, I love the partnership with ESP. We're familiar uh, with the work they do. They do some great work, um, and it's such a um, it's such a, a parallel uh, with us. Um, and and having a having a child uh, on treatment, you know, for yeah, and for us, it's it it maybe is a little bit more. Uh, you, know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Because treatment for a lot of families, not all, um, is going to end. For some, it's just an ongoing process for many years. Um, versus, you know, with ESP, I know they're, they're, they're um, you know, they, they may have that disability for life, right? And so it's just figuring out how to parent that other. What have you seen are some of the specific challenges that, uh, that parents have regarding parenting siblings? Well, you know, First of all, just the family situation uh, is typically already um, kind of stretched and um, resources are stretched. And, um, and I think with, when the parent realizes there's some issues going on with the other child, they're trying to figure out how to parent them, then that just kind of increases the, the pressure that they feel, some of the, the guilt they feel that they don't feel like they have the capacity to really uh, take care of the other child the way they uh, want to. And so, um, yeah, it just, it, 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 it causes a lot of dynamics uh, in the family. And, um, you know, it, it and, and I think the toughest things are the questions, you know, that the other child has that are so difficult for parents to answer. Like, um, why does it seem like mommy and daddy are always worried about this, uh, my sibling, you know, um, why aren't they paying attention to me? You know, is there something wrong with me? It's just something they don't like about me, uh, which is heart wrenching. Um, and then, and, and maybe the worst is when they start feeling like they did something wrong to cause the situation. Um, and I think that's just really, really hard for parents and can cause a lot of guilt because, you know, typically that other child didn't do anything, you know, to bring on the situation. So it's just a very difficult you know, a set of dynamics that, that parents have to deal with. Yeah, can we touch on the guilt a little bit? I think that was something I struggled with. Just I knew that I wasn't um, parenting the same and parenting the other, you know, Carter's brothers at the same, but at the same time I was stretched physically and emotionally and resources and everything. And so um, I think that was something I struggled with for a really long time. It's just I should be sure. doing better, but it's just it's really hard. Yeah, it is really hard, and and like you, you mentioned before, guilt is a is a, is a big issue, um, and and just stress in general, the stress of, and, and we know the kinds of issues that stress causes, uh, both individually, um, if it's a single mom, you know, or dad taking care of the situation, or you know what I also see is for couples, when you're in a highly stressful situation, it's just really hard on marriage. Um, 
it, it just puts an, a lot of additional pressure. Um, and if you're not careful, you start to end up blaming each other for things that are, are happening. And, um, you know, just can cause some real mar marital issues as well. So it's, it's a difficult, um, it's difficult for parents. Yeah, it's, it's just tough for parent. Parenting's already hard, right? And then you, you add that in and it, yeah, it just becomes that much more difficult because you, you want to equally be there for each and every kid that you have. Um, and then you're now wrestling with the, that, that challenge of how do I, how do I give my time when this one just unfortunately requires so much? Um, let's talk about the siblings. Let's talk about the kids, um, for a minute. Um, their feelings, right? And these feelings of, of being left out, right? You mentioned that. Um, how does that manifest in these kids? What does that look like um, when, when that's playing out um, for them? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there can be some very, um, very dramatic, you know, situations because, uh, first of all, sometimes there's resentment. Um, you know, they feel like things are, are not not equal and they're being left out and so there's there's some resentment that can can come up with that i think um there's frustration um you know there's uh i i would like to do things or i i would like to have things that i can't because of the situation i think that causes frustration um and 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 anger um so a, a lot of times what what parents tell me is that uh acting out it is a big problem because, you know, and we see this with, you know, with, with typical kids as well, but if they don't feel like they're getting attention and they start to act out in order to get attention and um, unfortunately they feel like negative attention is, is attention, it's better than nothing. So, you know, acting out tend, tends to be one of the, the big things that uh, I hear from parents that, that are happening. Yeah. We even in our home, you know, and we're we're not in this the childhood cancer situation. But even in our home, we talk with our kids about you know getting the positive attention, not the negative attention. Um, but it's all it's all really it's not a um, it's not misbehaving, right, Alan? It's 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 a it's a they're throwing up a flag. Um, it's it's saying I I need your attention, and right now this is the only way that I feel like I can get it. And, and I know in parenting, right, we often look at that behavior and, and we see it as, okay, they're just misbehaving. They need to be disciplined or whatever. And it's really less about that and more of they're waving the white flag. That's right. It's, a, it's, it's their way of coping and, and, and giving the parent the message that something's not right here. I'm not, I don't feel like this is right and I need help and um, I need attention and this is the only way I seem to be able Get it. So, if parents, like you said, if they can focus on um, the message behind the behavior uh, and try to understand that, then then it, then it's easier to deal with. It's still difficult. Yeah, it's still difficult, right? I guess, like we said, parenting is 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 hard, and you add this in, it's even harder. And so, it's trying to put up that filter of trying to know and expect that this is coming it's it is it is a behavior that will be there and flagging it in our brain to say when this happens don't respond how i normally would but but to read it as this is a white a white flag um, you mentioned some some of these behaviors and some of them were more of maybe the aggressive behaviors the frustration the acting out the anger um are there some passive behaviors that play out as well yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that may happen is the child feels like uh, they're in a situation where they're unable or maybe unwilling to to try to get the attention that they need. And so they may not, you know, it may not be an active thing. It may be very difficult to see uh, but some of the things that they they may do as a result of that is uh, just deciding, well, you know, mom and dad don't really have time to take care of me, so I guess I just have to take care of myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so they start feeling the, the pressure of, you know, of being their own, own caretaker to some degree. Um, or they may react by saying, you know, um, I see that mommy and daddy are, are overloaded. I'm going to jump in here and help. I'm going to be the helper. And, um, and they become and they feel too responsible for what's going on in the family um, and not just being the child, but trying to help, you know, parentify. And uh, so, so, so that's one. Uh, I think another one is just um, kind of this reaction of being, well, I've got to be extra good. I got to be on my best behavior because um, I don't want to put any more pressure on mom and dad, you know. And, and so that in turn puts that, that pressure back on the child to, you know, to, to maybe be something or be something they can't, they don't have the capability to be. So, so those are some of the things that I've, uh, I know of at the moment. Yeah, I hear a lot of times, um, you know, in, in, in adult stories, um, at least that I know, where they talk about they had to step in to, to that or they reacted like that and they talk about how they had to grow up too fast, right? right. Yeah, and didn't get to experience maybe as much of their, uh, as, as of their childhood, uh, which is tough. Yeah, which is tough. So, Alan, as, as a parent that went through this and parents that are listening now, what are some things that parents can do um, that can maybe just kind of help out the siblings a little bit or just make them more aware? What are some things, steps that we could take? Sure. Well, uh, yeah, there are five things that, that I've come up with and I've gotten good feedback from parents that these, these really are things that, that are helpful. Uh, and, and I think the, the most important one is to talk openly. You know, um, I mentioned at the beginning some of the questions that are rolling around in, in, the, in the other kid's mind about, you know, what is happening here? Why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? And they may not express it, but the parents can be proactive and, and it's better to over communicate and, and, you know, um, and, try to answer the questions you feel like that child may be having rather than wait for them to ask those questions. So really, really talking about it. This one was, um, this one was really convicting for me when I, when you started talking, because I think as a parent, my kids were younger and a lot of our families, the kids are young. I wanted to protect everybody. So I, I didn't want to bring up things or uh, make them sad or make them worried. So I didn't talk about it. And, you know, through this podcast and just with my job in general, I've been talking to a lot of siblings that are now adults. And one of the things I hear from these adults now saying, you know, I just didn't know what was going on. And my parents just didn't, we didn't talk about it and how alienated that made them feel. Like it made them feel more removed from the situation, like mom and dad and and my special brother or sister are over here and I'm just not part of the group because I don't know what's going on. So I think that's interesting, just an interesting thought for parents who might be on the other end like I was, like, oh, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to, it's a scary topic. I mean, 
um, you know, their child, their sibling is sick and you don't want to worry them. So that one is really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It's, 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 it's hard to be open about these things, but, but kids have questions and, um, and, you know, it, again, I feel like it's better to over communicate and make sure that they understand uh, rather than just have unanswered questions. There's this phrase that we've been using in our home um, recently, and I think is applicable here. Uh, we talk about it in, in terms of the context of how we grew up and, and the fear of not wanting our kids to grow up similar. And so trying not to parent out of fear. And right. so I think this kind of aligns with that of sure. making those decisions, yeah. trying not to be fearful of what this conversation will do, but parenting out of truth and honesty and and yeah. trying to be upfront. And uh, and I also think about Alan with this is um, you know not every kid's probably always going to be as comfortable maybe asking questions of their parents, and so That's this right. probably also especially as kids get a little bit older. You know, you're getting those teenage years, thinking through, trying to get them surrounded with other adults um, that can speak into their life and be the, because maybe they, maybe they will be more comfortable going to, if it, maybe it's a youth pastor or, um, you know, a good friend's uh, parent that they're connected with and that they're comfortable sure. in their home or just different things like that, a mentor, um, coach, um, different type, types of folks even trying to make sure your kids are surrounded by other adults um, as they get older. I think yeah. that's probably a really yeah. good thing too. So that's great. I love that. So that's one. That's that's one of the steps. Okay. Number two is is uh, what I call spread the praise around. Um, you know, there, there's sometimes there's a tendency if you have a special situation, you, you really want to make that child, you know, feel like they're making progress and they're, they're doing these things. Um, and and if we're not careful, we we focus the praise on that special need, and the the other child sitting over here, you know, feeling like, well, you know, what about me? So I think when we when we are in those situations where we're praising one child, we need to just kind of spread it around and make sure that um, we address and we see and we address things in their lives because that that says I'm paying attention to you, I see what's going on with you. I appreciate this, you know, what's happening with you. And uh, that, that just means a ton, you know, to kids to get that kind of attention. I love that. Yeah. And, and kind of go along with that, my third one is um, to try to set aside some time for each child. And um, I know this is, this is a really difficult one, and, and, and parents talk to me a lot about this, but um, I think if we, if we set our expectations you know, even a little time, you know, trying to spread a little time around and, and make it special with the other children really makes, is a huge difference. It makes them feel um, close to you and so much more part of what's happening. So, um, you know, trying to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with them uh, in some way is, is really a big one. This one is key to me because I think, again, speaking on my own experience, the thing that bothered my other boys the most was the time I was with Carter. And, you know, little kids count time as like any time. They don't, they didn't see my day in the hospital with treatment. To me, I'm like, we're having chemo for a whole day. What my son saw was Carter's getting Chick-fil-A and movies with mom and I'm in school. And so time I found was 
more than anything, the time was the key thing that they were jealous of or resentful of or or took to me as me saying, I don't love you as much. It was the time. So, but I, I'm a planner. So I do say, I will say you have to kind of plan that because the days go by fast and you get caught up in whatever you're already doing. And this is something I think that you have to be really intentional. Yeah. And even if you have to put it on your calendar, but the time thing to me is, is a key, key thing. Yeah, I would think almost yeah. it's like uh, if you're in those situations where, you know, you are going to Chick-fil-A and you are going to, tr- it's almost yeah. like pulling that other sibling out, pull them out for half a day and take right. them to Chick-fil-A. And you just, it's just right. like they get to experience some of that as well, but it's them. It's one-on-one. I love the idea of the one-on-one. I think um, being able to figure out how to do that. And it doesn't have to be big and extravagant. No, I, you know, it's I don't think time. they need fireworks. Yeah. I think they just want to know that it's special. And I yeah. love the idea of pulling them out because that's something like moms <clears throat> would never do. And so that makes them feel like mom must really want to spend time with me if she's going to pull me out of school and yeah. take me to Chick-fil-A. I mean, that's like double double party right there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great surprise, right? You show up at school and they're like, why are you getting me something? No, we're just going to go hang yeah. out. It's a good reason. Yeah, yes. that's a great yes. reason. It's a great reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Well, one one thing that, moving on to number four, is that, you know, we talked about guilt earlier, and I think one of the things that I've heard a lot is that, you know, <clears throat> feeling guilty can tend to make you a little more permissive as a parent. Um, you, you know, you don't, you, it's already hard to, you know, to to be that parent and, and, and really say what needs to be said, what needs to be said, but if you're already feeling guilty that you haven't been giving that child attention or whatever, you know, there's a chance you kind of be more permissive and let them, you know, get away with more than you, you might normally uh, or something like that. And so to me, just, just being aware of that and uh, trying to, to make sure that, that that dynamic is not what's happening is, is really important as well. I would think that that, um, you know, there's definitely times where there's some grace in parenting where that happens, right? It's it's yeah. being aware of it so that it doesn't get away from you. Because once it gets away from you, it's really hard to reel that back in, right? right. Um, so that's right. why I think that's so important. Yeah, and it's, you know, uh, nobody's a perfect parent. Yep. And, um, and we realize, hey, you know, in that situation, I think it's a little permissive. You just make small corrections and say, okay, I just need to be a little bit more on top of that. Um, it's really important not to increase your own guilt by saying, oh my gosh, now I'm failing at this as well. Right. It, it's not like that. It's just make those small corrections. Um, and, and, and kids are resilient. They will, you know, they will bounce back. But uh, we, we really do have to be mindful of what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, the last one I, I think is, is super important because it's it's so hard to think of good outcomes whenever we're in this situation. How could this possibly result in anything good? But the, the matter of the fact is that um, there are positive outcomes, you know, for, for kids who are in this situation where they see, you know, siblings going through some really tough things and, and they get involved and they help and they, you know, they're part of the family and they give and they have to sacrifice a little bit those are not bad things and um what what i see and what i'm told about parents is that a lot of times that ends up helping that other child become more patient become more compassionate kind understanding than some other children who don't go through things like that so it 
it certainly is character development and it's difficult when you're going through it, but um, realizing that, you know, again, God can bring great things out of, out of really hard situations. And, and this is one where, where I think it's just so true that um, uh, there can be really positive effects of, on these other children um, by being in a family uh, where there are really some hard problems going on. Yeah. That is so important to point out to parents because you really don't see it when you're in it. But like the families that we serve and we spend time with, some of the greatest kids on the planet. I mean, the um, the maturity and the perspective they have, and they're going to take that with them the rest of their life. And it's easy for me to say because I have hindsight now and I can look back and say, that's something I'm super grateful for. But I know if you're in it right now, you're just seeing kids running everywhere and you're thinking, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to parent through this? But I do think that is a key thing that mm -hmm. to know that these kids come out with this great perspective and this, um, I don't know, this just this love and caring that they're going to take with them into other situations sure. and for the rest of their lives. That's right. It's going to help them be good friends, yeah. good citizens, good partners, because mm -hmm. they're sensitized to other people's needs more. And so there, there can really be some positive things that come out of it. Absolutely. And then you got to celebrate that stuff. Yes. And, and look where you can do it. I love the five steps, um, Alan. I think they're fantastic because they're, they're, um, they're simple, right? They're not rocket science. They're not like, gosh, I hear that. There's no way I can figure out how to do that. They're things that, that as a parent, if we're intentional and we're thinking about it, which is hard to do in the middle of, of childhood cancer with everything going on in the fog and the chaos. But if you're intentional and you're thinking about it, these are, these are actionable. There are things that they can do in the home. They could start today, right? And mm -hmm. doing some of these things. And you don't have to be perfect and do them all, but it's looking for those opportunities to try to see where do you weave these in to your day-to-day -day parenting. And, and, and we've talked about this on another podcast, but parents just giving yourself some grace. You're not going to be perfect at these five. When you walk out of here and listen to this, you're not going to go out and be great at them, but just try to just try each day to get a little bit better at, at one or two of them. And, and you're going to, I think, start to see a, a difference in how, in how you parent and how these siblings respond. And, um, so yeah, so thank you for sharing those five steps. Those are fantastic. And then just giving us some context on how to, I love this, the topic of parenting the other, these siblings, um, super, super helpful. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience it's uh, i think it's really going to benefit our listeners uh tremendously so absolutely just knowing if you know maybe these families don't know other families going through this so they might be looking at the situation thinking it's just my kids it's just how i'm parenting that this is something that all parents that go through mm -hmm. a journey like this they all experience some or all of what we've talked about today so it's not just that you're not doing a good job as a parent it's the circumstances you're in and it makes it everything harder yeah. so so, Alan, thanks for making time in this day to spend it with us and share with our listeners. We really appreciate you and, and all that you uh, contributed today. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it's a real honor to be able to to join with you and uh, and hopefully to, to help parents because, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's a tough thing that they're doing. And my um, hat's off to, uh, to the parents that are going through this. Um, and, and anything we can do to encourage them, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Alan, I'll be honest, I really wish I'd met you about 10 years ago. That was really great advice. Thank you. And to parents who may be listening today, we hope this was helpful. And if you know anyone else facing these challenges, 
please share our podcast with them. Also, we would love if you would take the time to rate and review this podcast so it can reach more families. Thanks for being here today, and we'll see you later on the next episode.